The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Welcome back to the Sox Machine Podcast. And again, we are recording this episode from the Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn in Las Vegas. I have to say this is one of the most beautiful hotels I've ever been to. This is also, again, I'm going to keep bragging about this throughout the entire show. This is goals for me. Hashtag goals for a podcast studio. One day, Beef Loaf, I'm gonna have enough. <laughs> I'm gonna have enough room. Maybe my garage. Maybe my garage. I could build what we are currently in right now in the Blue Wire Studios here at the Wind Las Vegas. And speaking of Las Vegas, now we get to the part of the show of Josh. Why are you in Las Vegas? Why are you doing this show in Las Vegas? Well, the story starts with something personal. But that's Dude's Trip. Now, for a lot of our listeners, we are getting old. <laughs> and by getting old, you have adult responsibilities. You start having kids, as Jim has quickly learned uh, since this last November with Minnie Margulis coming into the world. He's got dad duties. Beef Loaf, you're a girl dad. You got dad duties. I have a 12-year-old. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a thing. So with many of our friends, we decided about six years ago to do something called Dude's Trip, which we would take a weekend 
away from her significant others and significant responsibilities, pick destinations and decide to travel there. And we started in Denver and Denver was such a huge success that if we ever made it to Dude's Trip 5, we would do it in Las Vegas. And that's why we are in Las Vegas, or I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah. I decided to invite you. I appreciate it. It's my first time uh, being involved with the group, and what a great time it was. Dinners, everything, just terrific. We got a chance to go to the, the Circa swim outside and watch the games. That's an exciting environment. And, you know, I, I'm not even into hockey, but the, the hockey playoff game was so, <laughs> so exciting uh, sitting at the pool there. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's been quite a trip so far. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned the circus swim. I mean, this is the first time I've ever been in Las Vegas. So for our listeners, you're probably wondering, how, Josh? How have you <laughs> never been to Las Vegas until now? I was personally wondering that as well because <laughs> I've been coming to Vegas for 20 years now, so I'm surprised. So we did the circus swim. So we watched the White Sox lose Friday night. In, in a swimming pool <laughs> at night. Swimming pool, cabana, drinks, sun starting to go down. It was a, quite an environment. It was a, it was quite an environment, a very comfortable setting to be a little angry at the White Sox <laughs> with how poorly Absolutely. they played Friday night against the Tampa Bay Rays. And then Saturday is the, I guess, my crazy Vegas story. Because whenever you go to Vegas or anybody talks about Vegas, everyone has a crazy Vegas story. Yep. And I always felt left out. I love listening to other people's crazy Vegas stories. And there's a lot of people who love the movie The Hangover, and they yes. think that's that's like real life. And for some people, yes, that is like close. real life. Yeah, close. <laughs> so our crazy Vegas story is that on Saturday, we went to the Aria, and we had uh, we had dumplings yep. and Thai fun for dinner. Delicious. And then we decided that, hey, let's take over a pie cow poker table and we were there for seven hours before <laughs> i was not expect at this advantage i'll be 44 in two weeks i am not expecting to be out gaming until 4 a.m i'm just not i'm just <laughs> not prepared for it anymore i'm usually a you know i'll have the one night i burn it up till maybe 1 a.m here in vegas and it, that's about it i can usually handle but we kept going and going and i'll be honest with you if we hadn't hit a little bad patch of cards there might still be at that table right now. We might be running late <laughs> to record this episode currently. That that's how long that was going, how much fun we were having at the table. We were there for so long they had a ship change at our table. <laughs> they, did. <laughs> they did, yes. And we had other random people join us from time to time. They had bad vibes though. So I'm glad yeah. that they lost and they got out. But it was Correct. incredible. Like none of us busted out. No. No, it, no, it took that long for and and you're right. Uh, those of the uh, of the group that decided to leave the table, they left without busting out. It wasn't until the very end. I know I busted out, but that's seven hours. There's, you know, nothing wrong with busting out after seven hours of entertainment. At the table. So was that the longest for you ever at a table? Easily, easily. And and I've been with groups. You know, group of friends come come to Vegas, and usually if you can get about two or three hours somewhere together where you're gambling, that's a lot. And this was like. Two, two and a half X that. It was, it was impressive. <laughs> yeah, and I was on Team Ace High Pygow. So if you know Pygow Poker, you're hoping that the dealer deals out seven cards and the best they could do is Ace High. And then if you could get Ace High and you lay a wager on it, you could get like 40 to one odds. Yeah. <laughs> and I hit it. And I kept believing that because I hit it once, that I will hit it again. <laughs> and I spent seven hours Trying to hit it again. Josh, you got the classic Vegas sickness. All you got to do is hit something, something of significance, and you're like, that's my bet. I'm going to stick with this bet. 
tried and true every time you get so next time you come back to vegas guaranteed you're going to be in on that because you're gonna have those fond memories of of winning and also uh, being with other people at the table it happens to all of us and that's a great analogy for major league baseball front offices including the <laughs> chicago white Sox. right yes. this one thing happened once and it's going to totally happen again and it's totally going to be sustainable right <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, everything is going to go exactly right, exactly how it did that time before, and it's all going to work out. Yes, that's that is the sickness. So while we bid here over the weekend, and I had this conversation in a previous podcast episode years ago, I visited Portland. That was Dude's trip too. And when I was in Portland, I was trying to get the vibe because the city of Portland has a group that's really trying hard to get a Major League Baseball franchise. They would like an expansion franchise, and they even have a team store outside of where the Portland Timbers, the Major League Soccer team, where they play in downtown Portland. They've got gear already. They got mock logos. Like they're ready. They just need, you know, permission from Major League Baseball. And you know, they're they, missing one element. They just need the team, right? They, they need a team. <laughs> well, all everything else ready to they, go. No they, team. They think they have enough investment money to. No you know, draw up $2 billion to bring a team to Portland. Now, while I was there, I walked away saying Portland would be a good baseball town. They would support the heck out of that team. Okay. That's a market of like the Milwaukee Brewers. Is that attractive enough for Major League Baseball? You know, that's a good question. And, and, and talking about Portland being able to support, you know, Portland has always supported the Trailblazers, but basketball is a much kind of smaller, uh, less frequent sport and I, and I know they they also support uh soccer team as well so i i kind of understand that i don't i wouldn't think mlb would want to steer towards those smaller markets because that's where they're having a lot of the problems with spending with some of the teams it's a lot of the legacy markets that over time have gotten smaller the the cities that have sort of shrunk down that were they were in at the beginning the pittsburgh's and the cincinnati's of the world that used to be a real core to mlb and now those markets have shrunk and you have a lot of problems with that, those teams tanking and, and kind of not uh, being competitive. And so I would think that's a concern for MLB is, is the overall market size. Whether or not you, you have a, a strong uh, fan base following it, I'm not sure they care that much about that. The one thing that was interesting that everybody in Portland, when talking to people, told me was Nike. And sure enough, Phil Knight is trying to buy the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. Keep the Trailblazers in Portland. So if you if Portland were to get a Major League Baseball team, the hope is that people from Nike would be the big investors to make that dream happen. So that's Portland. Now, Dude's Trip 5, I'm here in Las Vegas, and we know the rumors have been rampant about the Oakland Athletics and their flirtation of moving and following the NFL team, the Raiders, from Oakland to Las Vegas. Now, we've been asking people, like taking surveys from property hosts and sports book directors and people who live in Las Vegas. And of course, cabbies, because you have to survey the cabbies. They're the most knowledgeable ones. No offense to everyone else and all their credentials. The cabbies, they're out there. They're in it. They're in the marketplace. They see it. So we got to talk to them. So I'll start with you, Beeflo. Yep. Do you think Vegas could pull it off? Do you think they could be a Major League Baseball city? I do from sheer size standpoint and from the novelty of uh, tourists coming into town. Oh, let's go catch the baseball game. Let's, let's go do that. 
I'm not sure of like sort of the underlying long-term fan base. Like they have the people, but the people are kind of spread out. Uh, when I was when I was coming in in a cab uh, from the airport, someone was telling me that all all the building they're doing in Henderson, you know, in, in, in Vegas can be a little more spread out with, when it comes to the population there. And maybe that wouldn't be an issue, maybe. Would, but one one thing that was also brought up to me by a different cab driver was um, congestion in the city, hmm. especially with the potential for another stadium that's going to be pushed very close to the strip. And with already an uh, NFL stadium and a hockey stadium, and obviously all the millions of people that are just here on vacation in general, you know, just to kind of uh, the difficulties uh, with transportation. I agree with you about fans from other teams visiting Las Vegas. And I think that's where the biggest draw is for Major League Baseball. Look at Oakland. Okay, Beef Loaf, be honest with me. White Sox are visiting the Oakland A's. Are you traveling out to Oakland to see the White Sox in that series? Uh, I am not. No. Why? Uh, never, because it's just not a destination for anything. Like I, I'm not just going there as a one-off. And I actually work for a company that the home office is in San Francisco. So it would be easy enough for me to just hop a flight, go work from there, and go. But it's just not a draw. There's no attraction to it. Okay, so the Coliseum is just across the bay, though. You just drive over the Bay Bridge, right and it's right there. Right there, yeah. And you have a lot of White Sox fans for Fourth of July weekend, the the first or the third. They're traveling out to San Francisco because yep. they want to see the Giants Stadium, yep. and they want to see the White Sox take on the Giants. And then you know maybe they'll see Carlos Rodon face the White Sox, which will be a bit weird. But you have yep. a lot of White Sox fans willing to travel to San Francisco, correct? But they're not willing to pay the seven dollar surcharge and whatever the remaining lift fees are. To go over the Bay Bridge and go see the White Sox at Oakland. Yeah, no interest. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. And the funny thing about even if you want to go see the White Sox at Oakland, even if you're on, you know, the pursuit of visiting every Major League Baseball stadium, flying to San Francisco, because that's where you have to fly into. You mm -hmm. have to fly to San Francisco. And then taking a lift or wherever. If you get a hotel near the Coliseum, yep. that's expensive. For sure. Hotels in the Bay Area are extremely expensive. Absolutely. It may cost you more money, Beef Loaf, as a White Sox fan, to travel to the Bay Area to watch the White Sox on a road trip than it would be if the White Sox were playing a team based in Las Vegas. That's true only on the transport. When it comes to hitting the tables, it probably would end up costing me personally <laughs> more, but you know, I, I get the point there. And also you have the added attractions of, of what Las Vegas kind of brings you. The normal tourist does want to come to Las Vegas. When you're, when you're walking around talking to people or you're at the tables or slot machines and you, you ask people where they're from, they're not just from all over the country. They're from all over the world. People right. come to this spot from everywhere. And so it's, it's its own attraction to start with. And then, yes, of course, there would be hordes of White Sox fans making pilgrimages every single time the White Sox came out here no matter what time of year it was. Absolutely. Yeah, you would look at the schedule. Mm -hmm. When are the White Sox coming to Vegas? You have the balanced schedule now. Yeah. Everybody plays each other. Yep. In the American League, you visit everyone. I'm assuming if Oakland were to move to Las Vegas, they would still be in the American League West. I would assume that as well. So you know you're getting one series <laughs> in Vegas. Yep. Everyone's going. Everyone's going. And, and everyone here in Las Vegas should know that they can raise the room rates because all of us <laughs> Chicagoans are going to come here. We're going to fill their stadium for them. Right. And, you know, that's been, you know, the, the big counter argument is that, okay, Las Vegas has a team. They're not going to draw. I keep hearing that. They're not right. going to draw. I, I disagree. I think they could draw as well or if not better than the Chicago White Sox. 
I think getting two and a half million fans per year is an attainable goal. Maybe, I mean, the first few years, it's going to be three plus million because that's just how it is. Everybody right. wants to go see yeah, the new team. For sure. But look at the hockey team. Nobody thought hockey would work in Las Vegas. Right. Las, people in Las Vegas love the Golden Knights. They love them. They, they have become diehards. I was going to say, they. you're right. They do love them. And I, But I think there's, there's a, a little bit of a, hey, that's our first major team. And right out of the gate, they were good. Yes. They, they, that expand, you know, they didn't have a normal expansion uh, trek like uh, in a lot of other sports where it's bad, 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 bad. I mean, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals kind of immediately, and that's a great way to get a fan base built right underneath you is just be a, a good franchise immediately. Yeah. If you're taking to the Oakland Athletics, like they're going to have to radically change the way they operate if they yeah. move to Las Vegas with all the glitz and glamour and all the money. Yep. You're going to have to spend for big ticket free agents. Like right. the ownership group of the current athletics would have to change the way they operate or right. they would have to sell. Or they have to sell. Right. And it may be more attractive after you complete the transfer from Oakland to Las Vegas to move the team. Yeah. Yeah. To I mean, sell. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that, that could be right. And I, I think, you know, Josh, you, you bring up a great point there about how you're going to have all these fans coming from out of town and they're going to help fill the stadium. And you don't want the Oakland move to Las Vegas to be a pure private equity play for their ownership. Right. Not, not just an arbitrage play where they keep the payroll really low, depend on the tourists coming in and filling the stadium and not really care about the team. You re, you know, I'm sure MLB, that's one of their considerations. They do not want that. If they want to put a team in a new location, I think they want them to thrive. And like you mentioned, they want them to spend like the market they're in. And Vegas a big market. Yeah, you need the big tickets because, yeah, yeah. the Angels coming to town, you're going to have a lot of people wanting to see Shohei Otani. Absolutely. Yankees are in town. Oh, you're going to have all of New York. Same thing with the Boston Red Sox yep. or interleague play with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like, people will come to Las Vegas. Drawing a crowd for Las Vegas is not the concern that I have for Las Vegas. Right, and you have marquee players that are from the area, too. You have Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant and some of those guys. Yes. Those guys coming back home, and, yeah, that would be monstrous here. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's not going to be a problem. That will not be a, one of the I just think it's logistics, right? Where is this stadium going to be? It has to be a retractable roof stadium. <laughs> Nobody in July wants to sit outside in 110-degree weather in Las Vegas to watch a baseball game. No, they don't. But look at all the beautiful hotels. Look at the Raiders stadium. Yeah. That's an amazing stadium that they have built. It is. And I, I kind of wonder if if they do end up going through with this, I wonder if they'll have uh, – if the, if, if the athletics coming to Vegas – would have the same phenomenon that the Raiders have had where the Raiders have a lot of people from out of town that have bought season tickets. Like, hmm. the, the people investing in, like, wow, that's going to be the hot thing to do. I kind of wonder if that would happen because I think it might. I think, it, I think it might be something that you can see. So we think Vegas is ready to be a Major League Baseball city. I think so, yep. And, yes, I know that it sounds like I'm encouraging the Oakland A's ownership to move <laughs> from Oakland to Las Vegas. Yes, there is a big part of me. That would love to come to Las Vegas every single year now since I have, yeah. you know, scratched that itch. I've got that bug, as we, as we explained at the beginning part of this segment. You know, I'm hooked. I'm hooked on Vegas. You're in. I need, I need excuses <laughs> to come to Vegas every year. It would be a great excuse at the White Sox. <laughs> we're out here and you happen to, oh, this is, we're doing this. Oh, yes, we're also going to hit the tables and the great restaurants and everything else. We got to record a new podcast. Come down to the Blue Wire Studios at the Wind in Las Vegas. You know, I absolutely I could write it off. <laughs> it's a business trip. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we think Vegas is ready for MLB. It would be good for MLB. 
Would Major League Baseball be good for Las Vegas? Do you feel uh, there? I'm I'm a little unsure. I don't. I just don't know that it's. Uh, you know, baseball becomes the type of thing in most of the cities where it's like embedded in the local community and local culture. People who are season ticket holders. You know, those are like it's like your neighborhood when you go to your season tickets. We sit near each other at, yes. at Sox Park, so that is like our neighborhood. We're all sitting there kind of together, and you see people that you know and you walk through the ballpark. I don't know if if Vegas kind of has that or will have that if they did have a stadium. So I'm not sure it's going to have that feel. But maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe just put a good team out there, and that's it. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, for Major League Baseball, them being ready for Vegas. I mean, you already have some fans that they are loud. They voice their complaints. We have heard it at Sox Machine, but we've had sport, sports betting, advertising. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. They don't like it. Some, <laughs> there's, a, there's a group that do not want to hear it, even though they may participate. Sure. They don't want to hear it. It's okay. in their face all the time. Yep. You have a Major League Baseball team in Las Vegas. <laughs> it is in your face, whether you like it or not, especially when you play that team. So, Josh, are you saying that in, inside the stadium you're envisioning slot machines, Absolutely. blackjack tables, like uh, a craps table? Out, instead of the, the pool like they have in, in Arizona out in the outfield, you put a couple craps tables out there, and the baseball could come and hit those. Yeah. Is that, yeah that, that would be, first of all, that would be awesome. <laughs> instead of a suite, cabanas. Yeah. Cabanas, yeah, I like that. Cabanas in, in the outfield. Yeah, just set it up like one of these luxury pools, and it's, you're set. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, baseball has already – dived into this mm -hmm. every professional team now in north america has some type of agreement with a sports book the chicago white Sox have two agreements <laughs> caesars and FanDuel. <laughs> and it's, the more the merrier <laughs> it's it's really odd when you're inside guarantee ray field now you see the caesars ad and right below it it's FanDuel. uh you know every team does yeah. so for those fans i could see i got i could hear them yeah. I could hear the B-flow of screaming, no, I don't want a team in Las Vegas because I'm already tired of this, yeah. and it's just going to, you know, raise even more exponentially. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm already tired, and I'll quit watching. Like, you'll hear that. It won't happen, but yeah, I agree. I find them to be the vocal minority. Yes. They are a very loud minority based on the numbers that we are seeing, especially in our home state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. And the amount of money that is generated from sports betting, especially for Major League Baseball, and throughout the entire country. Right. The thing about Major League Baseball, though, coming to Las Vegas, and the concern is, and I think this is really where the question lies: Does Vegas want the A's, or do they want their own team? Do they want an expansion team? Because moving the A's from Oakland to Las Vegas requires politicians and city and state sure everyone's got, everyone's got their hands out to uh help out with the project exactly they need it they need the stadium for free <laughs> of someone not the a's the a's aren't gonna build this no. stadium no. someone else needs to build this stadium major league baseball is gonna have to chip in to help in the a's but if the a's continue to operate like they have i don't think vegas is gonna work right. so there lies the question you have it Major League Baseball has pretty much pressured the A's ownership to either you have two years to make Oakland work or you have to leave. There's no more waiting around. You don't get five more. No, you don't get five. You get two. 
Make a decision. You got Let's go. Two Rip the Band-Aid years. off. Exactly. <laughs> you got two years. So what's it going to be? And that's why Oakland ownership is pushing this so hard to move to Vegas. But how does Major League Baseball force a team that doesn't spend top dollar today at all to now you really do have to operate like the Houston Astros and the Angels in your division? <laughs> right. I don't think you're able to do it. I don't think there's a way to engineer force ownership to do that you know you had brought up an interesting question earlier you know would does las vegas want the a's or would they want kind of their own like a, a new franchise is that choice even on the table i mean i i kind of wonder like do do cities markets even get that choice i guess you get it in some respect because you could deny uh all the freebies that the team coming would want but it, it might be your only opportunity to kind of get a team so maybe it's how you were saying that the a's are in the spot where they have to Make a decision, rip the bandaid off. Maybe Las Vegas would be in that same spot. Like, you either take this team that we want to send to you, yep, or you get nothing. Kind of thing. I don't, I don't know. It, it could be that way because the asking price right now for the folks in Montreal that want an expansion team, bring them back, is like two billion dollars. <laughs> that that's what Major League Baseball is telling future investors. You want a team, it's going to cost you two billion dollars. Now, is that just the expansion fee? Like that's the, the expansion. That's, okay, fee. so that's the to be spread out yeah. to the other owners. Oof. And Major League Tremendous. Baseball then will assist you in getting that stadium and everything ready to go, wow. so you could have your team. That is a very steep price. Expansion, but moving a team to your city much cheaper. Well, I should, <laughs> should say much cheaper. In <laughs> quotations. Yeah, exactly. So the final verdict, we think Vegas is ready for Major League Baseball. Yep. Major League Baseball, are they ready for Vegas? I think we're iffy on because of the franchise that we're talking about, the Oakland. Correct, Oakland. yes. If, if you thought you could get a gust of wind behind that ownership group to behave like a big market team when they become part of a big and market, we're talking about maybe we're talking about can you carry, consistently carry a $150 million payroll? You consistently carry a $75 million payroll. We get it. It's Oakland. Right. You have 3,000 fans right now because they are, they are boycotting you. Boycotting you. Right. But the way that you're operating your franchise, that is where the trust issue lies. So the final verdict is it's not Las Vegas. It all circles back to the way the Oakland athletics operate. But since we were here, and throughout this weekend, Beefloaf, I, I think Vegas is ready for baseball. And I think that would be a great move. We just have to hope that John Fisher, the Oakland Athletics, the current Oakland Athletics ownership group, uh, suddenly changed the way they operate. I agree 100%. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Sox Machine Podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for listening with this uh, special edition as we recorded this out of the Blue Wire Studios win in Las Vegas. Huge thanks to the outstanding Blue Wire podcast team here in the studio really helping us out they're awesome they even made, made me sound good yes <laughs> yes and uh again as a uh, psa we will have another watch party through playback tuesday night as the chicago white Sox again will be taking on the los angeles dodgers as they visit guarantee rate field and if you just discovered the Sox machine podcast you can subscribe to the Sox machine podcast wherever you listen to podcasts as the Sox Machine Podcast is a production of SoxMachine.com. They're over all things Chicago White Sox baseball and part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Alongside Beef Low from the 108, I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>